Hey friends, welcome to the Reconstructing Prayer podcast, a one-season, short-run podcast series where I sit down with leading Christian intellectuals and I interview them on the intersection between theological deconstruction and spiritual formation. I'm Andrew Ray Williams, the author of a newly released book entitled Reconstructing Prayer Beyond Deconstructing Your Faith, published by Cascade Books. I'm really excited about today's conversation, so let's go ahead and get right into it. Today, I have the privilege of talking with Dr. Tammy Dunedoo. She's an ordained minister with more than 40 years of church and denominational leadership experience. She's worked in various roles within the Foursquare Church, serving as the denomination's vice president of U.S. operations and general supervisor, and then later as the director of leader health and development. And now she has just begun leading Portland Seminary as executive dean. Tammy's someone I really respect and it's an honor to count her as a friend. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode with Dr. Tammy Dunahoo. Well, Tammy, thanks so much for being on and welcome to the podcast. My pleasure, Andrew. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I'm really excited about having you on. Before we started recording, I did say a little, little about your background and where you've been and where you're going now, but can you just kind of fill us in a little bit? Uh, for our listeners who don't know you, just a little bit about you personally, some about you professionally as well. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Uh, most important role to me is I'm a wife and mom and grandma. I've been married for almost 44 years, and I have two adult children who all have four kids between them. And we just love being grandparents. And that's why I loved your work so much. Uh, those prayers that you have in your book is actually something we have always been formed in. Uh, I had them in my own life and I've had them in my kids and now in our grandkids. So I really appreciate the posture of it. Uh, my husband and I went into pastoral ministry when I was 19 years old. It's all we've ever known. We have church planted. We've done turnaround churches, uh, small, medium churches and all in between and just have had a fruitful life and ministry of discipling people in the ways of Jesus. Became a denominational leader 20 years ago. I'm completing that next Thursday of 20 years. And then uh, now moving as executive dean of Portland Seminary and very excited about the opportunity because I'm passionate about this thing we call disciple making and gospel kingdom. And I am looking forward to having more influence in pastors in this this form of their training. Hmm. That's awesome. You know, I, I, something like you said, you've, you've been in the church for a very long time, but especially for this last season, you've been working a lot with uh, developing pastors, working with church leaders. And, you know, one of the things that I'd love to have you talk a little bit about is this whole idea of wrestling with God, wrestling with big questions that our culture is posing to us as the church and having to respond, and also our own formation, theologically, spiritually, it can be a difficult thing as leaders and pastors to really wrestle through while we're trying to really be faithful on the ground. Um, Can you talk a little bit about your experience, 
helping other people and what you're kind of seeing with pastors and church leaders in this area? Yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head, Andrew. And the the cord I've put together of a three strand, three strand cord for the formation of pastoral leaders is number one, your own deeply surrendered walk with Jesus daily where your identity is so deeply embedded in that relationship that it doesn't get into what you do, but it's really who you are in Jesus. And that means that your own spiritual practices, your own health and wholeness, any malformation or even deformation of your past uh, that really makes you a healthy, God-centered Christ-formed, I'm using the language a lot, Andrew, because I love it in our Pentecostal circles to say spirit-filled and spirit-formed life, that you truly are deeply spirit-filled, spirit-formed life. And that is your central focus, the most important thing in your being. Then the second thing is theological training. How do you think about not just scripture and the church, but the world? And the reason this is so important to me is the more I learn myself, the more I recognize I didn't know, and the more I needed to be open to see the large narrative of God's work in the world from the beginning to now, all the way through the end. And I think that requires thinking deeply. Yeah. And you have to give yourself space to think deeply and really hear and discern the spirit of God leading as you're reading and learning. Those two go hand in hand so that you have this well-formed thought and way of thinking about God and the world. And, and out of that, that informs your praxis, your leadership, how you do ministry, how you engage people. What is the purpose of the church? So those Those three threads to me are so deeply woven in the pastoral life that that's what we're going to be focusing on, those three things uh, here at Portland. And and it just comes out of my own life and experience and and working with a lot of pastors for a long time. (laughs) And I find that we're more deeply rooted and we're not as easily swayed. You know, I would say, Andrew, I... I deeply believe the storms of life have always come and always will come. Yeah. You know, it it's dark season right now. Well, it was a dark season in the 60s and 70s and the 20s and 30s. It's all we've always watched this circle of of really of the world. But the truth is how we think about it and how we live through it is so very important. So that's where we're at today. Absolutely. One thing that I hear a lot is that that people are wrestling in their faith. But can you say a bit about how these struggles can actually be opportunities for growth? Well, I absolutely believe they are. I think they're part of the growth. In yeah. fact, I don't think you'll grow without them <laughs> personally. <laughs> I mean, that's been my own journey, and I've watched it in a lot of leaders. Uh, you know, when we look at doubt, what we're actually doing is questioning our assumptions. And that's a really important thing. You know, the way we truly grow is to gain new knowledge that challenges our current mindsets, because we will all get a fixed mindset on something. And then real life comes along that really shows the holes of that whole belief system. 
And so I actually believe, Andrew, that the more you walk with God personally, and what I talked about at first, when these things happen, you have the confidence to wrestle with God. Yeah. You know, I know a whole group of the church, and I grew up in a portion of this that was so fear-based that there was this holy reverence of God to the point that there was no ability to wrestle with him. There was no ability to have these honest conversations. I honestly think God is looking for them because when we do this, he's able to show us truth and reveal things where when we have a fixed mindset, there's no room for change. There's no room for growth and development. And I actually think, you know, I always think it after the, uh, the great commission, I mean, these guys have seen the most amazing thing that could have ever happened in the life, death, resurrection of Jesus. And as he leaves and he gives them this great commission, it says, and they worshiped and some doubted. <laughs> the, the doubt, you're always going to have the doubt. And, and I think those can be mixed in the same person at the same time. Yeah. I can worship and have questions. And I think God invites those questions. He is not afraid of our questions. He invites them. Yeah. There's things that, you know, Deconstruction is a buzzword right now. I think it's a really important one. Uh, there's a lot of things that we gain along the way of life that need to be deconstructed because they're not the way God intends. They're not healthy for us. And so deconstruction really is the same idea as metamorphosis, uh, metanoia, that mm -hmm. I am transitioning from a way of believing and thinking to something new. Well, that's actually who God is, is the one who's constantly transforming us. As long as we don't go off the rails and don't reform. Yes. <laughs> Reconstruct, you know, that's the deconstruction is healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe so too. And there's something though, that's very disconcerting for many of us. And um, some of the circles that we, that, that we live in and evangelicalism, Pentecostalism, can be very averse to this. And for some reason, it's it's almost as if we've we're fearful of growth because we've convinced ourselves that somehow we've captured the whole faith in our early formative years of becoming a Christian. And growing beyond that would mean moving out of something faithful into something unfaithful. When in reality, I think I hear what you're saying is God is. God is infinity so much bigger than just our first kind of sense of who God is. Yeah, Andrew, I, every time I hear this kind of thinking, I think of the revelation where we see all of the people fall before Jesus, holy, holy, holy. And it's almost like he's a diamond that's turning. And every time he turns, there's a new facet that causes us to fall on our face and say, holy, holy, holy. Uh, there's two things at play. I think when we have that mindset, one is fear. And I heard it growing up fear because new this, all this new learning will lead to a slippery slope. Yeah. Well, unfortunately we've not taught people how to grow and think if that's the case, uh, because the reality is in order for us to not get that mindset, because that mindset is black or white dualism, saved, unsaved, nothing more, which we all know evangelicalism tends that way. And yet that is not even the purpose of this whole redemption plan of God, mm -hmm. of making every 
something new and restoring the kingdom of God is a lifelong process and an eternal joy. And so to think that we are saved and done and that's it, and we don't change our belief systems because we are just in this box of saved, is really missing the point of what redemption and restoration and reconciliation and the life of Christ is all about. There is way too much scripture in the New Testament telling us to grow, to be yeah. conformed to the image of Christ, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, to subvert the powers by making our bodies a living sacrifice. There's just way too many New Testament scriptures <laughs> that teach us that that mindset is not God's intention. So, so however we can bust that up is what I think <laughs> we Yes, yes, that's that's so good. You know, I think sometimes we just settle for what God saved us from rather than what God has saved us for. And there's so much more if we will travel and actually follow Jesus. Um, you know, something that I talk about a little bit in my book is my own just kind of a brief history of my own sense of wrestling in the midst of pastoral ministry, which can be, though it is growth and it's good. And now I've come to the other side of with a more robust understanding of God's purposes. And I continue to learn, I continue to grow. Um, not any way that I've arrived, but there was an intense part of my life where I'm growing and learning. And it was, it was disillusioning for me, especially when I'm pastoring. Have you ever had an experience like that? And can you say a little bit about your own sense of what that was like for perhaps some of those of us who are still in that place? Multiple times, Andrew. <clears throat> uh, yeah. and I'll tell you why. Um, I always try to think of it as a mother. When my children were growing, uh, it's an uncomfortable thing to grow. Or I would even say when I was expecting our children, it was an uncomfortable thing for that child to grow in me. Um, watching them. I remember our kids getting leg aches really bad when they just grew, our son especially growing inches at a time, you know. Um, growth is uncomfortable because one thing is you're in relationship with other human beings and growth changes the relationship because if you're growing at different pace and you're growing in different ways, it brings strain to the relationship, which actually is another part of the beauty of God's community. Yeah. Um, you know, tying this to the previous question, here's what I would say. <clears throat> One of the great downfalls, especially in the Western church and even more the American church is our individualism. Yeah. Because you cannot read the first Testament and not see that God was all about the community all about the community and we get to the second testament the new covenant that we're in and somehow we've individualized it instead of seeing it the continued arc of god saving his people then using his people to save the world um, and i think that this is part of the thing that we miss is because growth causes discomfort in our relationship and in even in our own selves you know it causes a I don't know, your equilibrium gets off, um, you're, you're shaky, you can question everything. And this is why it requires community. You know, mm -hmm. the people that go off the rails typically 
either get into a community that does that or they're not in community at all. Yeah. Because the idea of the body of Christ, the one another, yeah. is that we're going to press each other. We're going to say, how did you come to that conclusion? Where did you get that? Where is scripture teaching that? And it helps put some boundaries on our discovery. You know, when there's a, a research project that talks about children in fear, and what they talk about is if you put kids on a bridge over a huge drop off with all this water underneath, if there's no guardrails, they are very tentative. Hmm. If there's guardrails, they run and play like they're on level ground. Well, I think that's what God intends for us. Our guardrails of our community with one another is it gives us safety and room to explore and to know more the things of God. Yeah. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about, you mentioned children, which kind of gets us into a little bit more conversation about trying to find a way of being like a child in the kingdom while at the same time growing because i think that there's two kind of traps we can fall into there's trying to become mature right moving beyond you know as 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 scripture says moving beyond the bottle and eating more full solid food which we want to do but then doing that is it's almost like we can lose a sense of innocence about us, about playing in the kingdom with God, right? Or there's the other trap of, of just having a, not a simple faith, but a simplistic faith that is in kind of just labeling, well, I'm just childlike when in fact I'm just childish. And so can you say something about what it might look like to remain a child in God's kingdom while at the same time having this this mindset of growing in God and continuing to mature. Yeah, Andrew, this is one of my favorite subjects because I believe Jesus is the prototype of humanity. What Jesus is really doing is making us more human. (laughs) He is the prototype. And his time on earth was very important to us. You know, we like we like to just talk about his death and resurrection, but his life on earth was very important because he was showing us the prototype of how to live. And what I love about this whole concept is we can see the playfulness of Jesus mm-hmm. while he's fully the logos, the wisdom of God. And so when I look at it, I look at it this way. We have Christ formed in us more and more and more, meaning we are moving toward wisdom. That's what maturity really is. It's wisdom. It's growing in wisdom in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who was full of grace and truth. So as we grow in him, Christ is being formed in us more and more and more, less of me, more of him then I'm becoming more wise, more mature, more developed in my thinking. But the way I live my life is with joy and peace, which means playfulness, pleasure in the goodness of God. So as I'm maturing in him, my thinking, the way I observe life, the way I think about life, the way I live in Christ is mature and wise and develop most Christ-like. 
But the joy that I live with that Jesus gave me is childlikeness. And those two so well go together. And yet we don't, we have not seen it modeled a lot. And so we, we miss it. But you know, when you've been around an elder who's in their seventies and eighties, and they are just more in love with Jesus than any other time, Andrew, Yeah. they don't take themselves or anything around them too serious. Uh, they're deeply rooted in Christ, still growing, still learning new things, but they don't carry the weight of the world on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. They've understood that's God's to do. And so that helps them to live freely and lightly, which is childlikeness. Mm, really good. Yeah, I I love I love that emphasis and something I would I, I want to go back to because I think that this is related to becoming like those people that you mentioned earlier, is a sense of deep community that, like you said, we we need those kinds of elders in our lives, those those people that we can see as as people that are they're gonna help us move along in that journey. Can you talk a little bit about more about this this emphasis on community mentioned earlier? Because I do think you're exactly right that when we tend to go into these places of wrestling, of doubt, of deconstruction, we tend to do exactly what we what is most harmful to us, which is isolating ourselves rather than diving deeper into the the community of God. There's two echo chambers that are extremely, extremely dangerous. Our own mind and only hanging out with like-minded people. (laughs) Yes. Because, and we see this on social media right now. It's called confirmation bias. Well, I have a confirmation bias in my own brain, in my own brain, my own head. And if I only hang out with people who think like me and talk like me, they're going to confirm my bias, just like the algorithms on social media. Make sure that we always connect with people who think just like us. That is a very dangerous place for a society, yeah. for a group of people, and for us individually. That's why I tell people, read things that you disagree with. Talk to people very different from you. Don't get in this holy huddle of only people who think just like you, because the interesting dynamic that happens in this is instead of growing in that kind of environment, we shrink. Yeah. Mindsets get fixed and our world gets small. And God is far too infinite and his world far too grand for us to get into this mindset that actually shrinks us instead of grows us. You know, when I'm, I read things and I hang out and talk to people all the time that I do not agree with at all, mm-hmm. but they make me consider, they make me, I have to learn to articulate why I believe what I believe Yeah, and have it deeply grounded. And that's the beauty of those kinds of relationships. I love to see young people hanging out with older people because both groups need it. Yes. Older people can tend to get small and bitter and and sorry for themselves. And younger people can tend to real forget that God is faithful 
And every generation he's been faithful and he will be faithful. And I'm convinced when the generations come together, we're actually all more healthy. Yes. And that's exactly the beauty of the body of Christ. It's intergenerational and intercultural and all the things God wants to be able to, to bring together, he is able to provide in his body. So good. Well, Tammy, this has been so rich. And I, I would just, my final question for you would be, do you have any something specific, if you could speak very specific to maybe those people who are listening who are in a time where they're they're struggling they're wrestling with God, they're facing doubt, but yet they are holding on to Jesus, but they're in this, this time of, of uncomfortability you talked about. Could you speak pastorally? Yes. Give yourself grace. Get with good, healthy people of all different kinds of backgrounds and thought and draw so near to Jesus and tell him everything you're thinking and feeling. He can handle it. He wants it. Read the book of Job. See the questions and the doubters throughout scripture. And look at how God responded to them. Hmm. Look at the Psalms. And see how God responded to them. God has always been patient with our questions. But he'll come back with truth as well. Make sure that you get around good, healthy people. And here's the most important, Andrew. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, not on the things of the church or the world or the people around you. Because God may be forming something new in you that more of the world needs. And if you let others form it and shape it, it will not be what God wants to lead you in for your sake and for the sake of others. Hmm. He can be trusted and he loves you more than you will ever know in this life. Dig into that love and find out because it will change you. Hmm. Love it. Tammy, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Appreciate your time. This has been great. And I know it's going to not only just bless me, but bless all the people who are listening. So again, thank you so much for being on. Anytime, Andrew. Appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening to episode three, where I talked with Dr. Tammy Dunahoo. If you are interested in going deeper, I have a whole book on these ideas and actually how to begin to reconstruct faith and move beyond deconstruction to a more full, holistic spirituality. It just came out with Cascade Books. You can get it on Amazon or pretty much anywhere books are sold. Really look forward to some more podcasts to be dropped in the coming weeks. They're going to be dropped every single week. So make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And really looking forward to sharing more conversations with future guests. Thanks so much, everybody. And we will catch you next episode.